0: It's episode 141 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Alexander McWilliam. Hello. Hello, Hello. how are you? I'm good, how
1: are you? Very well, I'm very well,
0: very well. Uh, So you're... You're the the founder of Mad Monkey Improv. Is that would that be a correct thing to say?
1: Yes. So, um, two thousand and thirteen started Mad Monkey Improv um, with a guy called Ollie Kite, and he, we sort of did the first show together with a few other people. And since then, Ollie's kind of been with me throughout the whole thing. Other people have joined in, and we've added members, and people have gone off and done their own thing. But since then, it's been sort of Ollie's been kind of with me the whole way through. Um, but yeah, it's been it's coming up to six years now. Six years in September. Uh, which will be uh, great fun. Actually, we had a big five-year show in September in Brudog, uh, and we'll probably do the same thing again uh, in in Brudog again, which was great. We had, like, I think, one hundred and twenty people up there. Wow! Uh, which is uh, a, a lot of people in there, especially when you <laughs> you cram in like ten improvisers and just the staff as well. It just there's so many people, which is great because it's such a big buzz. Um, but yeah, six years, uh, which is which is scary but fun. And uh, if you've got an audience
0: in Reading, which is where uh, Mad Monkey Improv are based, they're uh,
1: audience of actual real people who aren't improvisers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say, what, 90% of our audience isn't improvisers? Wow. I think you get people from you get people from the classes who come in, say, they've seen the class on a Wednesday or they've done the class, and they go, oh, we'd love to see a show, and they come see this show. But yeah, around, I would say, 80 90% of the audience are non-improvisers or have never got up and performed in their lives. Yeah. They're just people who really love improv and they've either seen it in London or they've seen like Who's Line is It Anyway and they just really love that kind of thing and go oh we'd love that and it's a lot different I think from like the stand-up comedy where you go oh I'm going to be picked on they go oh it's a night where I can just forget about a really rubbish week I've had uh, and I can just have a bit of fun and just enjoy kind of watching people be silly I suppose which is great
0: fun actually So if someone came along mm. to a Mad Monkey improv show what what
1: would they see? So think of it like whose lines it anyway. So lots of short form games, lots of physicality, lots of energy, and we we've played we ha- we play quite often this game called Mouse Traps, which is one of our favourites, where we have a stage just full of mouse traps. We're blindfolded, we're barefoot, and we try and do an improv scene. Wow! Um, it's just a fun way, a bit of charade and fraud, and a fun way of <laughs> just seeing two grown men or a grown man and a woman in in complete agony with mouse traps just going off all over the place. So that's one of our that's one of our favourite ones. <laughs> that sounds awful. It it is awful. Um, it has been painful. I mean, there's one time I got I think a mousetrap on each finger. Um, the little toes, the painful one. Wow. But sometimes it's not too bad. But it does. <laughs> there have been some uh, painful moments. Wow. Why? I've got, I've, I feel I feel. I've, I've got to press you on this
0: because so, this, is, why? this is
1: extreme, I feel. So I saw Colin Mockery and Brad Sherber did uh, a game of Mousetraps. And I thought, oh, that'd be funny. That, that'd be <laughs> quite funny. Because <laughs> um, they do it on Propaganda, which was um, sort of a spin-off Las Vegas show. And I was like, oh, this is going to be quite funny. And I thought, why don't we do that? And then I sort of investigated how much it would cost to ma- buy a Mousetrap. And it was like 25p for a Mousetrap. So I phoned up some ironmongers and said, Can I have a hundred please? if like, you've got if you got a problem, I was like, No, no, I just need just just need a hundred mouth shut, please. <laughs> and then I had to make some goggles. Like some, but I couldn't just make goggles and just black them out. But what I did was I got goggles and I put gaffer tape on them, and then I put like uh like tennis balls on them, just to make them kind of some weird, quirky like goggles. Um and then we thought that was great, and then we thought, let's up the ante sometimes. We had sort of dangling down from the ceiling. <laughs> and um, in we had a three-year anniversary show at the Wild Theatre in Bracknell, which is like a 350-seat theatre. And I thought, let's go to the extreme. I won't tell them. Let's. I won't tell the other person playing. Let's go to the extreme. So we had 150 on the floor, and we had 50 that got came down on bars at groin and face height. And there's a video of just like all of it, just like hanging at perfect height, like these 200 mousetraps live, ready to go off, uh, in front of an audience of, like, us say, 250, 300 people, and um, that was quite uh, that was quite spectacular. I think. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a lot of prep, drilling those holes, putting a piece of string in, and then sort of tying it to the <laughs> to the to the bars to come down. But that was yeah, that was intense. Yeah, but good fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes,
0: I suppose. Um, people who perform with Mad Monkey
1: uh, Improv are aware of what they're uh, getting into. Yeah, say, I right? mean, people, have, people have vetoed it. They go, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. And some people go, please let me play that game. Can I please play that game? <laughs> usually the younger people, usually the young people go, oh, I'd love to play that game. I go, yeah, fine, let's do it. <laughs> um, I think we played it with three people once as well. We did. Five year anniversary show, we played it with three people because uh, one of my improvisers said, I'll play and I'll make my own mask. Uh, so there's three of us with mousetraps on the floor and it's just. Where well, we used to play on a stage, the only danger part was if we fell off. Oh, yeah. But um, we had people going, don't fall off. Um, <laughs> just hold a piece of string. <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, so that's kind of it. It was inspired by sort of the Improvaganza and Brad and uh, Colin Mockery uh, and just how they did it, which was, it was just great fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did the group get started? What was the impetus for that? So uh, I really wanted to set up an improv show uh, I love improv. I'd, I'd watch Who's Lines Anyway when I was a kid. I thought, I'd love to do this. There's nothing in Reading. And at the time, we based in Bracknell. There was nothing there. So I knew the kind of the CEO of um, South Hill Park at the time. And I said, can I put on a pilot? And he went, okay, sure. We'll put on one night on a Sunday night. We'll put it on. And I said, cool, great. And I got I, I auditioned people, actually. Um, and I kind of went, anyone who wants to do it, come to South Hill Park. I'll hire a hall and we'll just play and we'll see if it works. And we got a few people in. Um, and that's where I sort of first actually got introduced to Seamus because someone recommended going oh this guy's really good at improv he'll be able to help so Seamus kind of became a mentor mentor? mentor mentor yeah mentor Um, became a mentor and he sort of guided me and helped me with that first show and since actually he's guided me which is great and I sort of got people who were keen to be improvised or keen to play so that Ollie started and a guy called Simon who is an excellent freestyle rapper yeah right um, (laughs) Randomly, he used to do like rap battles when he was younger. So he was great. And he was really funny, and we sort of did the first show, and it went really well. And people were like, "Oh, this is great!" And it was something that wasn't in Bracknell, wasn't really in Berkshire, and we went. This is something that could happen regularly. And then, so the guy, I asked the CEO. I said, "How was it?" And he goes, "Yeah, it was great." Okay, do you want a regular kind of night? Wow! And we said yes. Yeah. So we sort of tried like a couple of months, sort of every, sort of I think every last Sunday of the month. And they went, "Yes, yeah, really good. Just keep going." And then we got. Then we started going there for like every month. Uh, I think we did Southwood Park for I think two and a half, three years before. Yeah, and then I moved to Reading, and then actually it made more sense to kind of not go to Bracknell because it's so far away. And actually, with Bracknell, it was a lovely venue in sort of the cellar bar, so it had a bar. And it was nice, but actually, you had to drive there. Right. If you yeah, couldn't, yeah. If, you, if you if you if you couldn't drive, you it was harder to get there. Yeah. But on the plus side, some of the audience who saw us in Bracknell are now seeing us in Reading. Oh, wow. Like, we had a show uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had people who've been there since, what, 2014? They come, maybe not every month, every so often, but they're like, oh, we love it. Yeah, it's great. And they keep spelling the word, and they're lovely. I mean, they even brought us Easter eggs. They're like, here's a little (laughs) Easter egg. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I love a good (laughs) Easter egg. Um, Which is lovely. And I think that's, it's sort of spurned, like loads of other, like loads of, loads of people watching spurned. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> um, but it's kind of people, more people are watching. it. spread the word, which is really nice. Um, and we, like one, uh, one of our improvisers, Sam, she came to watch like the third show, uh, which actually was just me and Ollie because people had dropped out. And it was the oh. first time we did a, a two-man short form show, not planned. yeah. yeah, yeah. Where they're going, oh, we were supposed to have like four or five of us and everyone dropped out because of illness or anything. And then from that we kind of got Sam, and then that's kind of been like a, quite a core group, which is nice. But yeah, it's been yeah, it's, it's 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 been fun. It's been it's been interesting. It's been adventurous. Gone all over really, but it's been fun.
0: I mean, anyone that's been in an improv group for a while has been in that situation where there's supposed to be maybe six
1: or eight of you, and then it ends up being two of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a difficult situation to be in. Yeah, I think luckily now because there's such a, like a core group of people who might not be around every show, yeah. but they go Oh, are you around? Go! Oh, I'd love to play again. Or even meeting other teams. Go! Do you want to get? Do you want to come in? Do you want to come and play? Like I've played with other people. They go, oh, come and down and play with us, which is great. It sort of builds those connections and builds sort of reading back into London and all of those kind of things, which is really really nice because it's, it's not actually that far away. Yeah. As opposed to what I think in some people's heads, which even in when I when I was younger, I was like, oh, London's miles away. Yeah. No, it's twenty five minutes. Yeah. 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 Um, which is which is nice. So, is,
0: so there's a there's a core group of people, or is it you drawing from a wider
1: range? So I would say there's a core group of, say, three that I'll always go first. they're, they're always prime me. I'll never go, oh, you can't, no, we, we need someone else. But actually, from that, there's been a, a sort of a secondary core that kind of go, um, oh, do you want to play? And you start just playing regularly. Like there's a few people from the What's the Game class in Reading on a Wednesday, and they just start playing regularly with us because we've sort of built up that reputation and that kind of relationship and we go, actually, yeah, why don't you play? I'd love to have you. Um, can we, yeah, can you come and play with us? So it's kind of, I would say, mm-hmm. there's around four or five that kind of generally do sort of the shows and there might be a sixth member of soft and If people can't do it because of professional work or other work or holidays, we've still got people, which is nice. There's usually around four people, minimum per show. I think five year anniversary, we've got everyone back and There was, I think, eight or nine of us, mm. uh, which is nice. It's really nice, especially if we haven't played for a while together. Just getting everyone back into the same room and going, "Oh yeah, it's really nice." Yeah, mm. I haven't played with you in ages, or oh, we haven't done this in ages, yeah. or oh, it's been like a year since we played that game together. Which is really, like, really lovely. Uh, so and they're all really lovely as well. I think that's really important. We all get on, and we all have a laugh, and we all kind of uh, play around, sort of play around with each other, and <laughs> be a bit mean. To each other but in a fun loving caring way uh,
0: which is always fun so there aren't there aren't sort of regular rehearsals or anything that's...
1: so there, there was originally so when we first set it up there was and we are like okay we'll meet every it was like every Wednesday night we'll meet and we'll kind of play around and then just due to professional commitments it just got so hard to kind of find a time which I think everyone else probably does go when can we find a time oh you're not free but you're not free but I'm free then but you're not free so how do you do it? Luckily, the Wednesday class has kind of been a time where we can at least play and meet and try mm. things out and then every so often, because we're quite good friends still, we can still play and we we get on quite well. Like Ollie, yeah, I've known Ollie since I was, what, 12? So, 12, 13, so we used to do Amdrak together, so we've got a long, oh, <laughs> a long relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've kind of know how each other work, which is, I think, really great. Um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's interesting, it's fun, it's Quirky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've mentioned uh, Seamus Allen's what's the game yeah. uh, drop in for people that haven't been? Can you explain about
1: that? Yeah. So on a Wednesday night, there um, Seamus Allen runs a drop in improv class eight till ten, and if Seamus isn't around, I'll, I'll sometimes take it, um, and it's for anyone who wants to do a bit of improv. You don't have, to have you don't have to have any experience. You can have loads of experience, and I think anyone can take something out of it because the more experienced players can play with the less experienced players and coach them and help them. Actually trying to perform, say with a less experienced person Mm. is still quite challenging. So actually that pushes you as a performer and it sort of improves your coaching ability and you go, Oh, I can work with that. And also, you know, if you're, if you are sort of less experienced, you've got someone who can be more experienced and they'll help you out. Mm. So it's eight till 10 upstairs in Brudel with lovely, lovely space, recently refurbished, um, eight pounds for sort of two hours, which I think is a bargain, uh, four pounds an hour. But also, it's, it's a drop-in class, which you don't tend to get a lot of the time. You might get like a ten-week course, which is great. But sometimes you can't commit to ten weeks. You're like, oh, actually, I'm free tonight. What should mm. I do? Oh, there's a class on. Why don't I? Why don't I do this? Mm. Uh, which I think is is great, and it means you can sort of come and go, and there's no commitment. But if you want to commit, you can still mm. come every week, which is I think is great. It's fun. It's a really nice class, and everyone, again, from all walks of life, you get people from IT, you get people from like performers as well, because there's obviously a performing arts college here. And a bit of everything, and and teams are formed like loads of teams, like um, you know Dave on from the Free Radicals. Um, You've got another one called Ninja Ducks. It's like a comedy and sort of improv one, and there's just loads of teams are formed, which is lovely. Mm. So yeah, I find this sort of pattern is
0: quite common. So I'm thinking about Box of Frogs in Birmingham. Mm. You have this one regular drop in Mm. that you know most groups in Birmingham not all but many of the groups in Birmingham have gone through because they've gone through Box of Frogs yeah. and they've met people and then as a result they've formed groups and things like that
1: Yes, because you, you you find like you go oh I really like playing with you or oh, we get on great uh, and we'll do a show like there's um, there's a show I think uh, next week for like the class just to perform but also people can try like a 20 minute set and go oh we've got a two prof thing or oh, we've got a, a group of three can we try it and they go Actually, yeah. Look, why don't you why don't you have ten minutes? You know, yeah. like a hoopla thing, yeah, 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 which I think yeah, yeah. is great. It's it's like kind of open mic comedy for a new improv troupe. You go. Actually, does it work? Okay, that format does work. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Let's try and let's develop it, which, which I think is really lovely, and it just gets people out of their comfort zones as well. Especially people. A lot of people do it because oh, I want to try something a bit new. I think there was a big, a big rise in January for New Year's resolutions, which was great because actually there's so, there's loads of people there. Um, and they kind of all trying new things and a lot of them have stayed or they've gone away and they've come back and uh, a lot of things which is really nice it's kind of new new group really
0: yeah I've never heard of that spike in interest come
1: January before I don't know maybe other groups have experienced it well we I hadn't either the last couple of years I hadn't seen there'd never maybe like one or two people yeah. but there's never been like a huge spike so unless something was going on with marketing, um, <laughs> I don't know. But there's, yeah, I've not usually felt like, oh, oh there's like another 20 people. Because I think it was the first week back, or it must have been the second week back, there was like 30, 35 people there. Wow. And usually, I think before Christmas, there was, what, 15, maybe yeah. 10. And you go, where where, Where, <laughs> where did it all come from? <laughs> but thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's lovely. And you mentioned Ninja Duck. Ninja yeah, comedy? so there's a, um, there's a new one that's been around, I think it's around... I want I want to say a year. I Just want to say confidently and then it'll be changed. They have been here a year.
0: <laughs> ah, good. Um,
1: <laughs> but they've been they do a mixture of stand up and improv. So the first act or two acts are stand up where there's lots of new new open mics or people doing five or ten minute sets. Quite a few people from the improv class have gone, I wanna try it. I mean I tried it. Yeah, it's well. about that. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, can you do some stand up? I was like, Okay. I'm doing a i am doing I was doing a thirty before thirty. I was like, give I asked John who runs, one of the people who run Ninja can you give me something to do? And he says, all right, do stand-up set. And I went, okay, right. So I was frantically trying to find, what would I do about? And I did it about basically my, my childhood and my nan. I was like two strong, yeah, strong yeah, contenders. Yeah. But it was, it was a completely different experience because improvising, fine. And like learning lines, fine. But actually sort of scripting, uh, like a stand-up set going, is this going to work? It's quite, it's really hard to do. I mean, hats off to all of them. It's, it's, it's something that was enjoyable, but I prefer, I think I prefer the improvising or prefer the silent comedy. But they, yeah, they do, they do that sort of regularly and they always, and they've been raising money for charity as well, each time. Uh, And then they do improv in the sort of second or or third act, um, which is just, again, it's a nice bit of fun. It introduces people to improv. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's just a lovely, kind of another venue and another night that's kind of adding a bit of comedy in Reading, which is, before was kind of, there wasn't much, there's, it was a a stand-up night every so often but now there's kind of at least twice a month there's an improv show of some kind Mm. uh, and there's stand-up shows at least probably once, twice, maybe three times a month whereas I'd say three years ago, four years ago, maybe one show a month Mm. of of stand-up, not really anything else and there's loads of venues now as well. There's like three or four venues which is which is lovely and all the people in the venues have been really, really lovely. Yeah, I think it's just getting people in. They benefit from it. We benefit from it. Everyone's kind of win-win really which is really nice I've um, I've never
0: done stand-up I don't think I would be a very good stand-up I'm oh not... no you could try it well <laughs> I well the thing is because I teach as well yeah. and if I get a laugh when I'm teaching that's fine because there's a bonus that a yeah. laugh but I was worried that I do stand-up and they'd learn something but no one laughed <laughs> <for it later. laughs> you can learn and laugh at the same time you do <laughs> the we're laughing side. and learning <laughs> <laughs> exactly we're learning as Richard Perry <laughs> says um, well you know, uh, I would learn to da- I'd like to learn to dance it's on my list I'd like there's to learn to da- dance I think
1: there's loads of, there's one guy came to, comes, to, comes to improv and he was saying oh he's just going to go do some salsa dancing there's, a
0: lo- there's <laughs> loads of dance there's, I've been doing a bit of research there's
1: loads of dance
0: in Reading oh, there like, you go you know, so, uh, there you go once I've mastered that <laughs> I will then try stand up but thank you for your encouragement no, yeah, go for it <laughs> um, so you're also in a duo uh, with Seamus called the McLean's yes are you big
1: Die Hard fans. We we absolutely love Die Hard. When someone asked, "Is it a Christmas film?" we went yes, straight away. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, because the, the name came across. How does it come about? We were doing our first show. And we're like, how do we? What do we call it? And we both happened to be wearing white vests and black trousers. And we went, "Well, this is John McLean, so <laughs> let's call it the McLeans." Um, so there's, there's both of us performing, and we have John. Who is, who is brilliant, uh, the Ninja Duck, Ninja Duck John. Ninja Duck John um, is his name. And he does, he's our, essentially our tech, um, tech improviser and he's brilliant. So he'll, the format is we'll do, we'll do some short film in the first half. And then the second half will be an indie film inspired by uh, song suggestions, like soundtracks that you'd have on this indie film by the audience. And John's kind of the master and he'll play a song and that'll inspire a scene change or inspire an entire scene. Um, and then halfway through the, f- um, the show, we'll say, right, what haven't we done yet? We want Oh, we want a car chase. Okay. Or oh, we want uh, a kiss in the rain. Um, and we'll get, we'll try and get all of those things in. And then, oh, what's this film called? And we'll get the title of the film. We'll try and wrap it up. So you get the title of the film, <laughs> not at the beginning. <laughs> no. Interesting. So we get the first, the only thing we know is we get a, um, we get a, it goes, okay, we've got these 10 songs, maybe it gives us a five or six of the songs, and then he just plays the first song, and that's it. And then we. <laughs> and when you're so the song is playing, so it could yeah. be like a pop song. Could be
0: you know "Don't Stop Me Now" by the Queen, yeah, say for example. Yeah. The queen by called. the queen by the, the queen, queen by the queen by the queen so don't stop me now is playing yeah. so what are you doing while don't
1: stop me now is playing so while we're doing that we just start miming whatever ends up coming I think one time we just started like uh, I know I'm just I'm, I'm miming yeah. something now but and no this is brilliant it. I mean for me that was a really good <laughs> mime and I really enjoyed that but describe it for the listeners so like, I think the last year shame was like um, like pulling like a rack of like, um, like a curtain and I was piling something up that's all we knew uh, and we have no idea what we're doing yet until someone speaks, goes, oh, oh, look, the curtain's nice. And we go, oh, and, and that inspires a scene. And then we get some sort of characters between those. And then after it's kind of died down or after it's established, John will play some music, whatever music it might be. And that will inspire the next scene. And that will be essentially a scene change into the next scene. And like that, I think we ended up being like pigeons. Yeah, the music nice. went, oh, okay, music, yeah. And we started going, this is kind of a pigeon music. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not, <laughs> if there's one thing I could remove from improv, <laughs> it's it would be the pigeon scenes I feel I've like seen that
1: quite a lot, but sorry, <laughs> the pigeon scene yeah. So we we usually and then we go okay we're this kind of character, and then but sometimes the whole the music would play the entire scene. Like we did a um, there's one one of my favourite moments was I think I was being a deer, and it, <laughs> as as I often do, and Seamus was like hunting me. And he was about... He was like, I didn't want to kill me. He was really upset. He didn't want to kill me. And then the music changed to like a step tone. It, like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and it turned into like a physical theatre uh, comedy yeah, 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 kind yeah, yeah. of... Essentially, a slapstick routine. Yeah. So it can sometimes end up changing into that. So it's quite... It's quite sort of... Um, uh, you know, all over the place, really. Uh, which is fun and also slightly daunting because when you go, we well, have yeah, no idea what's going on. But it flies by. I, like... I think we've done sometimes it's like oh we've been going for 45 minutes ago that that felt yeah. like 20 Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and we tend to there's, we tend to find a, a central plot with one character and then the other person it's evolved the other person quite often me tends to play all the other random little characters or quirky characters um, but sometimes we'll play uh, we'll play the same character in a sense of I'll play a character and then I'll, sh- I'll move over stage and I'll be the opposite character kind of the people we were talking about so kind of which is evolved, which is quite interesting. Um, but again, that's just, and we we're usually very physical. You, at some point, Seamus usually climbs on me. That's usually what happens. Uh, just because he's he's a small man, I'm a big man, and we can kind of just like just hug him uh, and just clamber over each other, <laughs> which is which is which is fun. Which is which is we're close. We're
0: very close. That's important. <laughs> uh, ongoing enthusiastic consent is important in these things um so it and you say you get the, the the name of the
1: film part way through so around i think 10 minutes before the end yeah. we go john goes and cut there okay what's the film called uh and someone in the audience will call it a random film, whatever they've inspired from what they've seen um i think one was called like the lavender kid or mm-hmm. i can't remember what it was um and then they'll go well, what haven't we seen yet or because sometimes we'll oh, yeah. ask at the beginning we'll say or what do you want to see in this indie film they go oh a car chase or oh, we want to see um, a slow motion death and we'll try and fit them all in but sometimes we'll forget yes. and we go oh what haven't we seen still and so, like, oh, I want to see a, a slow motion death and then we'll put one in I mean car chases happen quite often so how do you portray a car chase <laughs> yeah. usually I think it's shames is going forward and I'm like going backwards and then we're sort of going back and forth um, sort of just like trying to move the stage ah. and be like oh and then I slow down and then go back forwards and then back which is quite fun or we'll we'll do um, a bit of physical things by like sort of w- waffling his hair and sort of moving his <laughs> coat going oh this is happening <laughs> um but we've got to the relationship where we can kind of just like play with each other a little mm. bit we know we know that the other person's going to respond like there was one where we were it's it, we kind of it was that he was oh can I have um uh, a Slippery Nun or something like that mm-hmm. at a bar and I went cool a uh, Slippery night." yeah can I get a Slippery night? oh two Slippery Nuns right and we basically anything he said I just goes oh, can I get a receipt oh you want a receipt as well okay there'll be two receipts please that'll be 19 basically playing on that again and again and again because we know we can kind of play with each other yeah. and the other person will go oh god no <laughs> uh, which the audience enjoy and we kind of enjoy because we can push those buttons which is quite fun so you've both got some sort of theatrical backgrounds which, yeah how does that help improv it must help <clears throat> Yeah, I, th- I think with voice and clarity and projection, especially in places that are not um, are not designed theatres, like bars, pubs, they're not designed to carry your voice effectively. So I think the acting training has really helped. And I've done a lot of open air theatre as well, where you've got to project and you've got a there's a wind, there's rain, <laughs> there's like a child crying. You've got to project. So then that's really helped. And also I think it's just that, um, that muscularity of the voice and body And being able to sort of carry it or, you know, shout. Not necessarily shout, but kind of keep your voice going in a room that might be like 120 people and you can kind of go, oh, everyone's got to hear it, including the really old person right at the back who can half see it, but they need to be able to hear it more. So I find that that really useful. And also to help be a bit physical as well, like with physical theatre classes, I really enjoy physical theatre. I think the more we can do it to be more physical, Mm. it means we can be more characterised and play around with it which is really enjoyable. And doing acting exercises to get more emotional truth, because I'm like, not a party trip, but I can cry on stage. Uh, and I've kind of used that action training to go, oh, okay, uh, I'm just gonna cry now, or I'm feeling really sad. I even did, um, yeah, because the Improvathon, uh, there was a scene, um, I think I was just, uh, at one point I was really, really sad, and then I just started crying. It was like three o'clock in the morning, so I was pretty <laughs> sleep deprived. But I was just there going, okay, fine. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I just started crying. I don't know if it was real tears or acting. Um, but I found that kind of, that actor training has helped with like, if you're playing a very serious role or a very like heart-wrenching role. Because a lot of times you can be very sort of, um, on the surface, oh, I'm really sad. But you can be like, oh, no, I'm really sad. And all needs to go." oh my God. Mm. And that's what you want. If you can always go, oh, yeah. that's, that's for me, that's some, some of the most enjoyable moments where they just really connect and them, you know, where the empathy kicks in, which is lovely to have.
0: Yeah. I've been really interested, particularly this year in exploring more sort of actorly techniques, mm. including physical theater, because I've not done that in the past. Mm. All the performing I've done has been improv, which, yeah. you know, I love, um, but I'm just aware that, oh, there are all these other things yeah. that are going on that I can go and explore, and then I can bring back to my improv.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's loads of there's lo- there's so many classes as well. Like if, in London, there's so many you can choose as physical theatre. There's clowning. There's voice. There's accents. Like even like there's some great improvisers who can do like accents and impressions. And on my list, like, oh, I really want to be able to do that. Mm. Um, and like, especially accents. I think mean, if you do loads of accents, that sort of so many more characters can come out. So mm. obviously, you're just being a lot of people. You know, are just the American or English voice for the whole time. But if you can do loads of different accents, you can be like, you can be an Irish guy, you can be a Welsh person, you can be all these different characters, which is, I think, just adds to your pool of
0: improbability I think yeah I mean it's a great way of getting into character through yeah. voice yeah
1: if you start with the voice then the character well there's there's a lovely exercise where you just um, which we in Seamus that's where I first introduced, got introduced to it but you just screw up your face in some way and see how your voice changes and your voice oh okay my voice is no one can see what I'm doing right now <laughs> but, but your voice completely changes with how you're constricting it or there's a, a lovely exercise where you just tense one muscle in your body and see what that does. Like just tension, like your, just, your left butt cheek and go, yeah. Oh, how, what kind of characters does this do? Yes. Or body leading. Like there's an acting, it's where you just leave a different parts of your body or nose. Okay. I'm a more nosy inquisitive sort of sneaky person or with the chest and a strong, slow guy. You know, it, it immediately just slightly changes how you sort of characterize something, which I think is, is lovely. Yeah. I'm really interested in that. Those sort of areas at the mm. moment.
0: The, yeah, the, you know, the leading with a certain part of the body, mm. just, it takes you into different places that you don't normally go to, yeah because I've done quite a lot of improv, I've seen quite a lot of improv, and you start seeing the same things both in yourself and in other people, so yeah. anything you can do using those sort of techniques, just to take make it new again, make it original.
1: Yeah, and I, I sort of reflect back, um, like, <laughs> me, I do... <laughs> People take the make, But I do a deer. I do it quite often. I often I do a deer. <laughs> but I'm not doing it from, all oh, I was a deer. I'm just remembering. It's me remembering someone at college who did a deer. And that's how they did it. And I went, oh, I, I like the way they did it. Because <laughs> so we did, like, animal studies. And that's, they did a deer. That like, someone did a spider. Someone did, like, a, a you know, a squirrel. We, I remember those things. I go, oh, I'm going to try and put that in a show. Or I remember a really quirky character. I remember I did one <laughs> where I had to, um, I was like a, under like a troll under a bridge. And I said, "That's ruined my voice." I was like, "That's the worst decision ever." I was like, "No!" Nah! <laughs> I was like, going, "Oh, it's nice." No, it's not sustainable. It's not. A, <laughs> it's not a sustainable voice. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's fun. It's, it it keeps things fresh, keeps things alive, and it keeps things interesting, which I think is, is really important. So mm. it doesn't go, does get stale. I suppose that's I'm
0: worried about becoming a little bit stale. In that, if I only ever learn improv from improv teachers,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, am I ever gonna? like have anything new to offer. I think I think each teacher will have their own style and their own kind of thing. I think there's great things to learn. But actually learning like I want to do a clowning class, learning all that kind of stuff which then can be brought into that. Yeah. Cuz also the improv is just the, the element of improv is just, you know, spontaneous. That's the only part of it. But actually you can learn all these other t- like characterization. Okay, if I want to be a character, I can do this and if I want to be or, you know, physicality or accents or anything. You can learn from all these other people. And even just people watching. Yeah, It's just going, oh, there's that guy. Oh, that guy sort of, like, hops along a lot. Or that guy kind of, like, has a little bit of, a, like, a limp. Oh, what character does that make? Oh, with the voice, what kind of happens with this? Which I think is just great. I think people watching is, is yeah. a great
0: way to do it. I was reading a GCSE drama book just because I've never studied GCSE yeah. drama. It's like... Oh, these things I do in improv. <laughs> it's just theatre. Well, but yeah. not just theatre. It's it is theatre. It's not. Yeah. like It's not just improv.
1: It's perhaps. It's a, st- I'm st- it's a it. style of theatre that yeah. has been popular for hundreds of years. Um, but in the recent years, it's got definitely much more acclaim, and I think that's thanks to like showstoppers and like, Who's Lines Anyway sort of brought it really into the limelight. Uh, and that kind died down again. But then when Who's Lines Anyway came back in America, and then it's like everyone's like, oh my god, it's back again. And then, yes, show stops in London and just all of these are like, ostentatious, all of these other shows that are kind of are great. Um, and I think that's just really, that's really lovely. And it just gets people into it, which is really nice. Yes. Yes. And the rise of Amy the Yeah. And, and Saturday Night Live and yeah. all of these shows that go, oh, they were improvisers. They were in Second City. Yeah. Um, I went to Toronto uh, last October and I put, I, I joined the Toronto Improv Board and I said, hi, I'm here. Can I do a class? Or show? And they went, yeah, sure. I did two shows when I was out there because they're all so lovely. Wow! I did a class, did a couple of shows, um, and they're all really sporty, And They're just such a lovely bunch of people, um, and they all sort. Of, some of them go into the second city, and then and quite a lot of them actually do a second city like course, and then do they script writers or they'll be comedians, or they'll be just improvisers. But there's yeah, there's so much, so much there, and there's, there's so many, so much talent as well. They were insane mm. over there, which is great. Um, you also uh, teach improv. Yeah, so I teach. I teach actually um, at the same college at Seamus teaches, um, Reed College. So I teach sort of the first years there, which is really lovely um, to see them because a lot of them in the first class, they'll be terrified because it's such an alien thing for them to do, and obviously we're putting them through their paces with other classes, but actually by the end of the year or even by a term, I'm so I'm so overly proud of them because I've seen them grow from a really shy improviser who's terrified to someone who's very, sort of, a confident and outgoing. And if you'd seen them three months before, you go, oh, I wouldn't have even thought of that. And that's what I love to see as a teacher. I love to see the ability, the confidence in someone grow from knowing that they can do it, and, it's, and failing. I think the identity of failure is turned from, like, an action of I failed to an identity, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go, I'm a failure, I can't do it. They go, no, you failed. Yeah. And you just go, right, how do we find a new way? You, you failed. If you don't fail, it would never occur to you to try something differently. And that's how... That's the only way to succeed in anything. You have to fail. Yes. And that's why I like... The, I like playing games where I force them to fail. You have mm. to fail and deal with it. And you go, yes. oh, okay. Oh, it wasn't too bad. Did you die? No. Did you break a leg? No. Is your ego bruised? Potentially. But that's fine. Did anyone chuck you out the improv scene? No, no. exactly. <laughs> but the only way for me to teach you is to, for you to fail and go... Oh, this is what we need to fix mm. it's like a, essentially it's like a, an improv checkup i watch you i go cool what do we need to improve let's improve that if you're amazing why are you even at the class <laughs> i mean that's yes. the point i mean and it's really hard to do because it's it's the ego thing of it's there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset the fixed mindset of if if i fail i'm always going to be a failure and talent is time you can't improve it whereas with a growth mindset you can improve anything you can improve any skill with dedicated hard work and practice and I think that's really important to instill. And I try and instill that. Because a lot of people go, oh, I'm rubbish. Mm. Yeah, but you've, you've never done it before. Why should you be any yeah. good? Yeah. Like, are you good at tennis? No. <laughs> have you done it? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually compare it a lot to sport by going, well, what sport you play? They go, oh, I play tennis. Right. Are you good at tennis? Yeah. How many years have you been playing tennis? Oh, four. How many hours have you been playing tennis? Oh, 10 hours a week. Well, of course you're going to be good. <laughs> Imagine doing that with improv. For like 10 hours a week for, you know, four years, you'd be insane. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and then when you reframe it, you go, oh, actually, yeah, that, that does that does make sense. And I think that's really important to compare something that they're really strong at mm. with something that they're not strong at and then compare the amount of time they've done. Like the performers who come in and go, oh, I've been singing for years. And they go, so you're a really confident singer. But you're not a confident improviser because you haven't done it. But then actually, when their confidence grows, they're not afraid of failing, not afraid of you know being you know being wrong, say, because um, they will find new things. They're just opening their eyes. Go, oh, I could have done that. Yeah. Which is magical. And I love it. And like teaching when Seamus is sort of away and i cover them on a Wednesday class, it's really nice to sort of teach those those kind of skills again to sort of adults um, as well. And it's just really it's really nice seeing that kind of potential and having fun. Yeah. But that's the really really important thing. If you can't have fun when you're learning, there's no <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> So,
0: um, uh, you mentioned giving people exercises to practice failure. Is there an mm. example
1: you could give for that? My, my, my favourite one is it's called story time. Well, I've called it story time. It's probably got you know, other names. It's, um, you've got five people standing up in a line and they're telling a story, and you point to them you know, and they carry on the story uh, from where they left off. And if they get it wrong, the audience just shouts die, and the shouts die in their face. And then I make them step forward and I say, right, apologise for ruining the story. And they go, I'm sorry. And I go, I'm sorry, no, no, you're sorry for ruining the story. And they go, I'm sorry for ruining the story. Go, cool, give me an object, how are we going to kill themselves? And they go, oh, cheese grater. And they have to mime their death to a cheese grater, <laughs> which is funny. And then it gets dark. But what it does is they go, oh, actually, it's okay. Because the purpose is, if they're really good at the story and they're not failing, I'll make it harder. Uh, go, yeah. Cool, no S's. You know, okay, really hard. Oh, no E's. You know, you can make it hard because the purpose of it is to fail. And even if you've got one person left, everyone's like, oh, they haven't, you know, haven't had to kill themselves off. You go, cool, how long can you go for without doing it? And they go, "They go maybe 30 seconds or a minute. You go, cool, you still failed. We're still going to kill you off. Was it bad? No. Should we do it again? And they're much more confident and they're much more happy. Because actually, a lot of the time, especially when you give the thing of like, oh, don't say any S's," everyone will talk like... Now and slow, you know, slow to uh, fail. You know, slow down. But actually, what you'd rather have is a normal conversation yeah. and just fail. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting one to see. Who is who would rather play the game of not failing, and who would rather just go? Cool, I'm gonna go go tell the story. I'm gonna try and do it without an S. But if I say an S, it's fine. Um, and that's it's a fun it's a fun one as well because you get the audience to shout die or these fellow kids to shout die. And they get to sort of you know, mine and practice their minds. Get their minds. So it's, it's kind of, you get you learn a little bit from all of it, which is nice. And uh, you mentioned on your website uh, dimping. Dimping. What's dimping? I don't know where I found the phrase dimping. I must have read it somewhere. So, pimping is when I might. Which be... is a problematic term, which we have not yet come for a good solution. With pimping. alternative. Yeah, or... so, so pimp. You know, pimping is when oh look oh oh here he's only got one leg. You know, like, uh, and you sort of pimp the character. So when you make a
0: demand of the other character, yeah. They have you have to feel. Oh, and now it's time for you to do that rap you always do on
1: Wednesday which, nights. which, which we like doing. We like <laughs> we like doing it because it's funny. But dimping, I don't know where I read it, but found it is where you comment on something they've done. Like if you mind a table and they just walk through, it, you go, why did you walk through my table? So it's kind of a, you, you, you are kind of you. are essentially having a go at them, and it's, it's, it can be a cheap. Gag or a cheap laugh, and the audience will laugh. And go, you just, you just ruin my table because actually we we don't laugh at the fact that you've uh, sort of been mean to them. you Go, oh my god, he's just you, you really believe that there was a table there and you just ruined it. Um, so it's, it's something that sometimes happens a lot. Usually sh- it doesn't happen actually that much. I don't see it that much in shows, but it, it does come across. But yeah, dimping is is kind of like the um, the aftermath of a pimp, oh, right. um, essentially. So it's kind of like um, putting them in, in, putting them in in the in the shit after they've gone after they've essentially done something right? so it's kind of like I can't remember where I read it it must have been like a book years ago but I was like pimping because <laughs> even Seamus I was like dimping is what's dimping oh dimping's this and I was like oh yeah um, but again it's one of those phrases that people you don't tend to often hear I was going, ah dimping dimping sounds fun I'm going like to try and find a way to put dimping into a conversation <laughs> ah you dimped uh, which is which is which is fun
0: um and yes you mentioned earlier the improv improvathon yes what was that like but my my line on this although i'm coming round, is that <laughs> i love improv but i love sleep more
1: yeah because did you kind of sit do, you were there I, I saw the first chapter first chapter yeah. uh is that the first episode was that because it was split into uh oh um it was sp- the first two hour session two hour session yeah so split into i think three four acts
0: i think so I was in the so first you, do you remember you being naked in the shower <laughs> yeah. I wondered if, and I thought this, this is what <laughs> happened in the first two hour session as part we'd like to hang around and see what,
1: where, how he heightens this but uh. so yeah so yeah it was 14 hours still seven I did the first seven I did 7 p.m to 9 a.m um, and in the first episode I played I played wheelchair the um, the English blacksmith in <laughs> I, the in the American sort of Midwest I did like that very much and uh, part of it was they uh, going oh can I sustain an American accent for four uh, maybe who knows but I thought <laughs> let's just be awkward in English yeah, let's, yeah, why not yeah. let's just be me um, and in the first in the first pl- like entire two hours I think I managed to fall in love with like three of the sisters <laughs> there was something that happened there were three sisters three lovely girls from um, uh, from Mistress Theatre there were all three of them they were lovely and for some reason, I, I managed to fall in love with all of them. Um, and they were singing like a song. And then at the back, at the back, Shame was like, just go on, go on. I was like, what? Oh, go on. So I went on and I went, oh, and I went in the back and I started stripping, like in a slow motion, because they were singing about me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, just like slowly, just sort of, just like pretending to have a shower, just slowly stripping, getting completely naked. Um, and then. I was like cause, I was like because I left him a love note I think yeah um and then and that's how the end of act, the first act finished <laughs> or the first episode and then throughout the next sort of the next twelve hours I sort of fell in love fell out of love um still trying to be a blacksmith sort of getting into more confusion ever almost got poisoned um I cried on yeah I was crying on stage at one point um it was and it was just it was such a lovely experience it was. It was essentially doing seven or six or seven improv shows, long form shows in one go with a, a, a talented bunch yeah. of insane improvisers who I'd never worked with before. well, so I worked with Seamus before, but actually I don't think I actually have a, had a scene with Seamus. Yeah. And I'd worked with Helen Foster before. Oh, she's amazing. Years ago in an actual, in a play yeah. in Switzerland. Um, but again, we I'd never improvised any of them, but they were all so lovely and caring and supportive, because it's my first time as well. There's a few other people's first time, and I was just there going, oh, I don't, oh, I'm, I'm sort of out of my depth because I'm terrified. But I was so, so fortunate. So, like, I can't thank Seamus and Adam enough for sort of thank, for letting like, me sort of be a part of it. And it was such a lovely experience. It so It was just so fun. It's a really interesting
0: exercise. So it's different from a lot of improv shows I've seen mm. because there are props, yes, um, and there's there's a stage and there's actual chairs and tables,
1: lights and, and sound effects. Yeah. And mu- mu- there's a musician who was who was there. there were, I think there were two musicians. One was there for like, I think thirty hours. Yeah, just constantly like underscoring the whole thing, and it was just it was just a a beautiful sort of experience really. And you create your character beforehand. Yes, yeah, so all I. We, we all met up um, at, at, I can't which theatre, I the theatre the show stops we were playing at. And we all met up and just went, oh, by the way, can we just get all your characters' names and eventually a profession, that's all we need. We don't need anything else because the narrative will form. So I had, yeah, I was like Will Chair the blacksmith and there was, there was all these other characters. Um, basically just to make sure there's no sort of yeah. doubles. Um, and then that's the first time I kind of met some of them. And then the next time we met, we, we did our hot 30s, going who we are, maybe what we're, Maybe looking for. I think my first one was, "Hello, I will. I'm English, um, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking for love, really." And that was it. And then from that, Adam will kind of sort of plot around and go. Right. I think we should have what should happen. And naturally, it just kind of went that I. You naturally people pair off and go into threes and things. Um, but it was it was really it was really lovely. Just kind of how I mean, his Adam is insane. He's brilliant. It just yeah. his his mind of sort of getting plot narrated. Also, his direction of during this scene, this happens. Um, which is just lovely. I mean, I think it was, that was it, it was, it was the scene where I cried, it was, it was Adam and I had a scene together and we were just like chatting, oh, Adam goes to the blacksmith because everyone goes to the blacksmith to get the horses fixed. Um, <laughs> and then we sort of having a chat and his his three da- three st- daughters come in and then they just have a scene and they're just having a scene and I'm at the back just like tearing up, crying going, this is magical. This is <laughs> but they were just, they were all lovely. I mean, they were, and they're so sharp as well. Yeah. And when you're tired, it's around like 12 hours in, you've had, you know, you've been up, Pretty much, probably twenty four hours, and you're there going. I don't even know what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> I, something is. Something is. I mean, I even I. I mean, I corpse a few times. I think I picked up a horse. because so I was picking up a horse. because so I was like, my god, you're strong. I was like,
0: yeah, yeah. I am. A blacksmith. But you, it's just like it's those
1: small things that they're just so sharp and so. Quick. and it's great fun that you have like those fun scenes of like everyone says one line you know and just like four people get on stage something happens <laughs> and it's just like it's just so it was just such an enjoyable experience I'd love I'd love to see it again yes definitely um, but there's a there's a sort of um, is it
0: acting sort of technique of I can't remember who it was but um, you know the idea of getting
1: actors tired as a way of breaking down yeah shameless well. yeah Seamus was saying that at a certain point um, and I think Adam as well was saying. At a certain point, when you get past it, your, the ego goes and you just do, you're in pure yeah. form, which would be interesting to sort of see. Like, I would like to experience, I mean, after I was at what 24 hours I was awake for in total, I was feeling tired. So I can't imagine what 50 hours plus the time when yeah. Seamus was up for, you know, for 60, 70, you know, 60, 65 hours. I don't know what it would be like <laughs> and I know it would get to like I said it gets to a dark place yeah, where, you, yeah. where you hate yes. everything Yes, um, but it's yes. yeah, it's really it was it was a really interesting experience to be up for that long as well is the longest I've ever been up and you do go oh, I'm such a terrible improviser I'm so terrible <laughs> but everyone's going no you're fine it's all good it's <laughs> yeah, all good because yeah, yeah. you have a, a warped perception of your talent you go I haven't been called for ages oh my god yes. he hates me, he hates <laughs> me. But no it's just because your time perception is all over the place you're like I want to go I want to go but then you go then you have some amazing sort of scenes or some amazing... Even one thing happened by accident. There was a bit where um, one of the characters came in and someone accidentally dropped like a, a tankard and it's accidentally and then we all just went and all dropped them and from <laughs> then on every time I think that character ca- anyone, Someone came in the bar that always happened. One went... <laughs> and, went down. and that just happened from you know, the complicity of just someone starting something and everything happening. It wasn't like oh, when they come in we're all going to stop and look. We did that but then actually someone accidentally dropped it and then it... Sort of um, sort of rolled into that, which is which was lovely. Um, yeah, it's just funny how those things kind of just like come out of nothing. You don't plan. It. It's the, that's the that's my favourite where you don't plan it. I like I'm not a massive fan of sometimes. I tell my students off for this. They go, "Oh, we should do this." No, don't just see what happens. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. actually, yes, that's fine. You can script, and it's fine. Sometimes off stage, if you especially doing like a long form, you know, sometimes you go, "Oh, this should happen next." It's just, that's fine. But a lot of the time, it's it's funnier or it's more interesting to show. Throw students going, no talking and it puts them in a really hard mindset of you can't build any narrative off stage, which I think is a really hard exercise to do. And a lot of the time, the narrative will go completely terrible and the plot will be horrific, um, which, is, which, is, which is terrible. But actually, a lot of the time, as an, as an acting exercise, it's really great to go, you're not allowed to talk at all, yeah. at all. They go, please, no, no talking. <laughs> You've got to try and figure out, can a narrative form? Without any sort of directing, I mean, obviously the director might go next. Obviously this, but it's really um, it's a nice exercise to do to uh, students <laughs> to put them in sort of in the in the deep end and go okay, yeah. see what you can do. Well, because even if you've got chance to make plans off
0: stage, mm. you know they, they they disappear as soon as you start getting on stage because other things
1: happen. Yeah, a lot of the time. But a lot sometimes you and it happens uh, with inexperienced improvisers. It happens a lot because they want, a lot of people go, I want to take the dominating role and I want to drive it. But actually, what happens if the other person might not want to go that way or they won't accept it? It's like, I don't like debriefing after a show at all because sometimes you might go, oh, you should have done that. And you go, well, no, I shouldn't have done that. It just happened. Um, which I think is a quite, a, um, not a bad place to be, but I think, I think keep the debriefs like another week. Go, oh, this is what happened.
0: Yeah. Or um, Jules Munns of the nursery um, suggested uh, noticing. Yes. Just what did you notice? Mm. Don't make value judgments. Don't try and control what the other person did, mm. and uh, by, by commenting on what you liked or disliked, you can be trying to, you know, shape them for future ones. Yes. But just noticing things and seeing, you know. Yeah. I think that's an interesting way of doing it.
1: Because also, um, there's an interesting thing of people. Oh, someone. Oh, he didn't listen to me or you didn't communicate it effectively. But a lot of the time we might go, oh, you, oh, you should have, you, oh, I offered this, but you didn't give it. I go, oh, but actually you might have offered it, but I was focused on something else. Mm. So I can't, you know, which is quite interesting. So I like to, with a debrief, if you've got a debrief, with, like say a director or a teacher, great. They go, by the way, this is what happened because yes. they're taking that role. But actually with you go, oh, did you listen to this offer? Was this offer here? You go, well, actually, maybe I didn't. But actually, because I didn't, this happened. So it's, because such an unpredictable yeah. event, anything could have happened. I could have listened to your offer, and it could have gone all over the place. <laughs> um, or I still listened to it. But I took, I took that element of it. Yeah. you said it. You said the, you said the word hello in a weird way. So I took that part of your offer because the offer of a sentence has like fifty offers in it. Yeah, what you say, how you say, the look you gave me. You know, there's so many offers, and whatever I take from it, that's going to be the offer. Uh, but it might not have been the offer you were originally. Yeah. Planning, but then reflecting back on real life, that could be exactly what happens. Like I go, "How are you?" and you go, "Oh no, I didn't mean that." And you just play it for real, play, play the situation of, "Oh, I didn't mean that." Oh, no, oh, no, I didn't. Because a lot of the time, if we stop improvising, we just sort of start reacting in real life. Like especially shameless and I, we'll go, "What do you mean by that word?" Yes. No, 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 no. I have no idea what you mean. And actually, you have a moment, like you have a few minutes, of actually trying to deconstruct. What does that mean? <laughs> Um, which is fun. Or we just go on to philosophical debate. <laughs> really going, oh, so does that make you feel happy? Well, I, I don't know. Am I happy? Which <laughs> is, I think, really, really fun to do because you, you forget about playing. So you're back in the moment, which is lovely.
0: Yes. And if you haven't heard something or if you haven't understood something, clarifying that because it's just like you haven't picked it up. The audience haven't either. Yeah. And it's like... You know, you can do that without breaking character
1: and just, But know. also there's such a fun, even what, there was something fun that happened. I think I just said a word like wrong, I pronounced it, I went, sure, or oh, like that, wrong. And then from there you've got a game, you've yeah. got every word now is pronounced wrong. <laughs> but it's the fact that those mistakes can can then lead on to funny things like, what? So what? What? No, what? I can't, I, oh, and then we figure out. Because even this first line of, you can't hear it, you then go, what, what, what? And you go, oh, I'm, oh we're now in a really loud place because yes. actually that mistake ends well there's no mistakes as such but that yeah. mistake or what you think is a mistake ends up being a complete you know new uh, avenue that a place a going to go in which is exciting yeah that sounds great
0: so if there was one book you feel that the listeners of the Improv London podcast should read it can be improv related or it can be acting Ooh. related or, or not Ooh. at all <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes it harder by having fewer parameters <laughs> um if there was one book that you think everyone should read
1: um what what would that be Uh, i'm reading it at the moment and um it would be carol dweck mindsets Uh, and it's all about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets and the fact that there's a majority of people with fixed mindsets think ability is fixed or talent is fixed you can't improve it um and it's not just in talent it could be in like relationships like for example oh um oh, I I got rejected, I'm always going to be rejected, or whatever you think is a fixed concept. But actually, if you reframe it with a growth mindset of, yes, that's what it is now, but actually with hard work or with change or whatever I can do, I can change it. I think that's such a great form to have, especially with coaching and teaching. Because so many people who go, oh, I'm terrible at this. At the moment, yes, we've got a baseline. At the moment, it's like um, with tests. You know, I, I really don't like tests or IQ because that's just one point on a graph. You can't determine the whole point of your career from one point. Yes, even if you have eight points in a row going up or going down, yeah, but the next point can go skyrocketing up. It's a baseline for where you are at that precise moment. And I think having a growth mindset going, I'm here at this moment, and being accepting that you're there. And mm. then that's the biggest thing going... Are they accepting your thoughts go, like for example, I go, I am terrible at accents. I know I'm terrible at accents. If I really wanted to, I could improve them. But it's funnier for the audience (laughs) to see me trying to tempt them. But I know there's something like, I want to improve my mind. I go, I'm at this point, if I'm being really honest, my mind's here. If I want to get better, I can do all of this stuff. But a lot of the time I'll go, oh no, I'm quite good at mine. Or I'm quite good at this. Or no, or, or, or I'm on this. But actually, if you're really honest and go, this is where I am, I can have a proper route going forwards and upwards and I've i really I'm really enjoying the book on fixed mindsets and growth mindset. and use uses examples in like schools and teaching coaching and businesses and personal lives about how the potential for growth is always there and that would be a book that I would, I would highly mm. recommend um, for for reading I think yeah for I, reading of course for reading or <laughs> <laughs> listening to because it, it's the 23rd you century you probably could get an audio book yeah. I'm sure you could get an audio book of it
0: I'm, I'm very much a believer of that um I like to think that yeah, if, if, any I can get better at any skill mm. if I practice it and I if I if I if I if I put the work in.
1: And there will be there will be a period of uh, hating yourself, and you'd hate it because there's there's a period where it will get worse before it gets better, yeah. and it's the frustration zone. But actually, if you can if you can get past that, then you will be able to do it. It just takes a bit of time, a bit of grit, a bit of resilience. But eventually, it will come past it because again it's the same thing because in the moment in your psychology in your head you go oh it's harder now oh yes. it's always going to be hard like if you're trying to relearn um, relearn how to type so like touch type you go oh i'm used to looking at the script looking at the keyboard but now i now go to do this oh it's gonna be slower and you go oh it's always gonna be like this no it would be like this for temporary and it might be for a while but then eventually it'll be even faster and i think that's really that's a really hard thing yeah mentally because you go oh it's gonna be here forever because we all do it. i do it. everyone does it, I think. If something's not going right, you go, it's going to be like this forever. Yeah. I'm going to be, you know, I'm out of a job. It's always going to be like this. No, well, you're out of a job at the moment. What do I need to do? There's a great way. Instead of going, uh, like the smart question of, oh, I want to get, oh, I can't afford it. No, what has to happen for me to afford it? Because actually you're reframing that question from, oh, I can't afford it, or I wish I could have it, to what has to happen? You go, that's a smart question. Well, I have to earn this much. Oh, I can't do that. What has to happen for me to earn this? I need to do this. And then it gets much more specific, which I think is really important. But we tend to just go, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. what has to happen? And if you physically can do it, because I think there's so many classes, there's so many things like, anything you want, yes, it costs money, but they go, okay, I can't afford it. So what has to happen? What can I do? Exchange of services. I've done that. I've like, I've coached people and they've done something for me. I've gone, yeah. look, let's just even it. You need some coaching and say audition technique. I need some like stuff done. <laughs> So just, just why don't we just exchange? Yeah. You're good at this. Why don't you, why don't we exchange? i I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah, like, I know people who uh, like some people like sports massages, but they also want like they want maybe like a bit of speech help. And go well, actually, you give me a sports massage, I'll give you a coaching session. It kind of yeah. It evens out because you're I'm getting a sports massage which is much needed. You need a coaching session which is much needed. Everyone wins. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which I think is, is really I think it's a really way to go. I think. Yeah. No. Definitely a powerful,
0: powerful technique. Fantastic. Oh, the other thing is remembering, and you've sort of hinted at this earlier, is remembering that some people are just further down the road. So yes. you look at these groups and they're doing amazing things. And yes, they are very talented,
1: but they've also been doing it for 10 years. If you do something for 10 <laughs> years, you're going to get better at it. Yeah, it's like a lot of people will think like um, the, the Michael Jordan was amazing or he's brilliant. But actually, like he got kicked off or he wouldn't even get on his basketball team. And his mum, I think his mum said, yeah, you've just got to be better. You've got to get better. You've got to hard graft and hard work. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. You've got to work hard, smart, and consistently. And actually, those groups, you know, ostentatious, showstoppers, maydays, they've been going for yeah. you know, 10 years or whatever. The fact that they're at their standard because they've worked for so long. Like with anything, if you work for so long, you'll become good. But actually, it becomes so daunting that you go, oh, it's so out of reach. Mm-hmm. But actually, put the bar low. Break it down. How do I get that good? Right, okay, what do I need to improve? Oh, we need to be better at teamwork. Okay, well, let's let's do loads of team stuff. Or actually, what in particular, Or oh, our listening's better. So you break it down to the smallest, bite-sized kind yeah. of chunk. You go, how do I improve this? Um, which is kind of the way, the way forward, I think. Fantastic.
0: If someone were to step on stage with you, yeah. what could they do to delight you? Oh, what could
1: they do to delight me? I love a really, I love a good mime. Yeah, I do. love a good mime. Um yeah, I think if they can if they can be really particular and really specific with a mime and go and like be really intricate with it and then give it to me I'm like oh, I, oh thank you very much I feel <laughs> really privileged you've spent all this time on giving me a mime. Um I really yeah, I really love mime. My, my, so uh, again a friend John uh, I think he's a fantastic mimer. Um I have, so I, I I'm, a, I'm very envious of his miming ability. Um, So I I always enjoy watching him in the background, just miming, doing his own little thing. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I I really, I really enjoy it. Um, So yeah, if you can do a really good mime, that is something that I really, I just like start watching and going, I like this, keep (laughs) going, keep going. Um, It's just, uh, yeah, so fun. Fantastic, fantastic.
0: And you may have hinted at this already, but what's your signature move? (laughs) What's the thing you do that saves the day, brings down the house, (laughs) everyone's going... Classic
1: McWilliam. Uh there's, there's there's a character called there's a well, there's a character called Colin who comes out who's who's very pathetic. He's like, oh, okay, right. And he's I'm a, I'm a confidence coach. <laughs> For whatever reason he's turned as Northern as well. But he's kind of the character if I'm if I'm if I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, Colin will come out. <laughs> um, and he's kind of like or I've started attempting to do like 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 Snape impressions, you know, <laughs> all of those kind of things just but Colin is the is the go-to one I think of. If something is going wrong or we don't know what to do or we're like the show's kind of like well, what's happening, Colin will come out <laughs> in the most inappropriate scene properly and like try and <laughs> okay, right. So let's let's get them. Um, <laughs> which is just yeah, it's just he's, he's a fun one. He's a fun one to come out. He's probably one of my yeah, go-to characters in need. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Well, the only thing left I
0: have to say is thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Cheers. Bye.
1: Bye. I made this. That's improv.